Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Journal Podcast. We're rapidly approaching the start of the NBA season, preseason's in full swing. Today, we're taking a look at Western Conference regular season win over-unders. And to help me share some of these standings predictions, I'm joined today by Mr. Josiah Cook himself. Josie, how are we doing? How's it going, Dion? Happy to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. Let's get into it, bro. Yes, sir. Glad to have you back. Uh, can't wait for the start of the NBA season. We're recording here Monday night, the 16th. So just eight days away from the start of the season. And uh, before we get into these over-unders, and we'll start right at the top with, uh, with Nuggets, Suns, Nuggets and Suns at 52 and a half wins, um, I want to get your take as an OKC Thunder fan on the, uh, the Chet versus Wemby experience, if you got to, to witness that. Damn, okay, yes, I did watch the whole game. Um, I was pretty much in awe the whole game, um, not just with Chet, but with both of them, really. Um, they both did some things on the floor that um, I have never seen before. I, it, honestly, it got me so excited because it, the past couple years of being a Thunder fan have been, you know, more about the process. But this feels like tangible. This feels like a rivalry, like being born before our eyes. And uh, I'm ready, man. I am ready for both of these guys. Very ready to see Chet on the Thunder. Uh, Women Yama is going to be special as well, though. So I don't know, man. I'm just happy. Yeah, it was it was an absolute spectacle watching those guys go head to head. I know they didn't guard each other for most of the game really at right. all. It was, yeah, like, like you said, just stuff that I've never seen on a basketball court. I, I, I get the sense that we're going to see every single night from Wemby and a little bit from Chet, too, just stuff that we've never seen basketball players do in our lives. It's it's incredible what they can do at their size with the ball in their hands. Um, so, exactly. yeah, that, that was that was a lot of fun. And I think, uh, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun watching those guys go at it for the next decade plus. Absolutely. And it looks like they're using women Yama way more um, as a wing guard yeah. even than I expected. I'm very intrigued to see that. I didn't think that that, that was what we were going to get out of first year Wemby. It seemed like, you know, maybe he could develop those skills, but um, he looks really good. He yeah, looks the, really handle, good. the handle already looks really smooth. Like he, he already looks like he, he looks like a shooting guard out there. Just yeah. a foot taller than a shooting guard is supposed to be. And then on defense, you know, he's doing all the things you want him to do. Uh, in that game against the Thunder, it's been mm -hmm. talked about a lot, but that play where Jalen Williams completely crossed him and didn't, it completely was erased by women Yama's length. Right. I yeah, mean, there are times when he looks out of position, but then he's right. just so long that it doesn't matter. Exactly. And and there was some um, some stuff that I saw where it looked like he, he isn't used to guarding NBA on the perimeter. Mm -hmm, um, for sure. He's just not used to that yet. So that'll take some time, but he's a rookie. That's what people forget. Even though he was a pro, he is still an NBA rookie. So there's an adjustment to be made. Right. Yeah. The speed of the game definitely is going to be an adjustment. But you can tell. I mean, he's he's wise beyond his years on the court. Like, just I'm just so impressed. Like, obviously we've we've known about him for a while now, but I think he looks even better than like he looks a little bit stronger. Looks like he's put on a little bit of size. I know that was uh, reported that he did. I'm starting to think now, like. Rather rather than maybe like a year ago, I was thinking to myself, could he be the best player in the NBA someday? Now I'm thinking to myself, how long is it going to be until? Yeah, it kind of feels like Anthony Davis. Not, not 
as far as how they play, but as far as, you know, when Anthony Davis came to the league, we were like, this guy's going to be the best player at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. He um, looked like he was going to be someone that like changed the game. I don't think he reached that potential, but um, yeah, right. definitely. I, I see that. Like that early hype. And, and with women, Yama, he has everything, literally everything he needs um, to, to become the best player. So uh, I do think there's going to be a rivalry between San Antonio and OKC because two very similar players and they're going to be two of the better teams uh, towards the latter half of this decade, in my opinion. So. No, I totally agree. Speaking of the uh, best teams in this section of the decade, uh, do you want to go with the Nuggets or the Suns first? They are the top two teams. I got these, uh, these over-unders from FanDuel, not sponsored, but uh, just, it was like the first or second link when I looked up some over-unders. So rocking with those. Yeah, I'll let you pick first. You want to go Nuggets or Suns at 52 and a half? We got to give the defending champs their Valid. their shine, put them at that one slot. You may go first or you going first? Uh, you got this one. All right. I I think this one was pretty easy for me. I feel like um, it's un- well, the line was at 52 and a half. I'm going under. They won 53 games last year. Yep. I don't expect them to reach that mark again. They lost Bruce Brown. Obviously, they're going to have some internal growth because they do have young players on this team still. And even Jokic himself just now entering kind of those that prime stage. But I expect Jokic, you know, from what I've seen physically, he does look like he's kind of put some weight back on this summer. Yeah, Not trying yeah. to make a big deal right. out of that. They're going to be fine. They're going to be a contender, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I just don't think they're going to hit this win mark again. So I'm going under. Do you have them um, like over over under uh, 50? Probably over 50, maybe. I mean, it's going to be – I think it's a decent line, but I just don't think they're going to reach the mark last year. So I'm just betting on anything below that mark from last year because I do think there's some barriers. You know, uh, Jamal and Jokic, you know, basically said they barely picked up basketballs this summer. There's, I mean, you know, right. that, I'm not sure that really matters. We've heard that from other players, but – I expect there to be some sort of like, we just want a championship. It's, it's, it's a little bit harder to, to get that grind in the regular season when, when you've seen the work be done in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to not expect them to have some sort of championship hangover, especially Jokic. I mean, he was more excited winning those racing horse racing championships, whatever he was doing (laughs) over the summer compared to actually winning the NBA finals. So yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, they, they could come out slow. Uh, do you have them as the one seed? You know, I didn't seed this. I just, I was just thinking about the over or under, but if I had to pick, you know, I'm saying no. Okay. I think they would be like a two or a three. We'll talk about the other team I think is going to be over in a second. Well, is it the Suns? We can transition to them now. Where do you have the Suns at 52 and a half? I think they're going to be under as well. Uh, by the way, you didn't say what you thought about Denver. But, well, I have um, uh, actually I have the Nuggets. I did uh, actual like full standings for my preseason power ranking, so I have actual records for all these teams, and I have the Nuggets at fifty three wins again. So I really could have went either way. I'm gonna go over just for an uh, official prediction, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really good line. I think that the Nuggets on paper aren't as good, given that they lost Bruce Brown, but I like a lot of guys they added. I think Christian Brown, Christian Brown, excuse me, is um, will take a step forward, and I like. You know, the addition of Justin Holiday, I think the, they'll be able to piece it together and be 
essentially the same team that they were last year. So I had him at 53 again. Gotcha. Okay. So for Phoenix, yeah, I have under. And the reason is Katie, Bradley Beal, neither of them have played over 60 games since 2018-19. That's my my main... That's five years for those counting at home. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, and they're very hot top-heavy as well. I mean, obviously, they've made trades, you know, for Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant in the last year. But I I don't love the move that they did with DeAndre Ayton. Um, I think that definitely made them worse, even though the money wise, you know, I I, I can see why they did it. But yeah, I think yeah, it made them worse. I don't know. Uh, I know Nurkic was um was good in that preseason game, like seventeen points in nineteen minutes or something like that. But yeah, it, it, I don't like the trade at all. Like I kind of get that they really wanted to move on from Ayton. It just wasn't a good fit. Uh, like you know, person to person wise, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Nurkic is going to be very good for them. I think they're going to quickly realize how much better Aiton is. And I don't know. I mean, Keon Johnson is cool, but like I just, it didn't really make sense to me. It felt like they turned a dollar into four quarters. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's really what happened. Maybe even 75 cents. Right. Um, Cause I don't trust, I don't trust Nurkic at all um, in the long term this season. If, the, if they can get him to the playoffs healthy, then yeah, maybe we're talking yeah, that's, it's a uh two-headed issue because not only am i worried about him staying healthy into the playoffs i don't know if he's a playoff rotation type of player i don't know if he's still at the level of being a, a center that can play in the postseason right yeah that is the question and um with Aiton, at least you knew you know they had a finals run with Aiton. they um had other you know playoff runs and um that bubble team that went you know eight and oh he was on that team. So, you know, mm-hmm. he'd have, he had played some, some meaningful minutes and you knew that you could, you could play him and he, and, you know, he was getting better, even if his role would have been diminished on a team with all these other players. Um, but yeah, I just, based on the way the roster is built, this isn't a team that's built to, to win a bunch of games. Right. And with the West so close, I think they're going to lose, I, they're going to lose some games this year. Um, and it's going to be like another KD team of the past couple of years where the regular season's a little bit shaky and, you know, they get in the playoffs and it depends on health from there. Right. No, I'm totally with you. And yeah, like you said, the, the West is going to be super stacked. Or I mean, like in terms of uh, just the standing is going to be very tight. Like just looking at the numbers that we have here, there's nine teams projected between 47 and a half and 43 and a half wins. And these two teams are the only ones over 50. And that's kind of how it yeah. was last year, too. So, yeah, right. I have the Suns at, at 49. So, I'm going with the under for them as well. I think they're going to be better than last year. Um, definitely a contender, but like you said, not a team that's designed to win a ton of regular season games. So, um, I'm going with their under, but I do have them as the two or the three seed. I could see them at uh, three, three or four. I mean, if, if everything goes right, then I think one or two, but for sure. Uh, they could be as low as like one of those teams that end up in the plan to me, but mm, I would be, I would be fairly surprised to see them in the plan. If they were a five or a six, especially, you know, if KD goes down something like that, I could see them maybe being five or six, but I think plan would be something definitely went wrong if they made the plan. Well, yeah. And, and it could go wrong. It's, I guess my fair. point. But... Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. All right. Next up, we got the warriors um, at 47 and a half. I got them. This was the easiest one. I think for me, I got them under for sure. 
Um, I got him at 44 wins. Draymond, I think it, it's just not being talked about. Draymond's going to be out for three plus weeks or so. And even when he comes back, I'm not really convinced this team is any better than they were last year. So to me, you know, that th- they're going to improve by four wins from last year. I just, I don't really see it. This one is the easy under for me. Well, number one, you are a hater. And number two, it's against someone from a state you lived in, Chris Paul. Okay, he's from North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, look at every team that Chris Paul has gone to. I mean, in his entire career, they have had a wins jump when he has joined the team. Every single team. So, look, he's old, yes, but he still has something left. I know he he wants to prove himself this season. And um, I didn't think I was going to come on this podcast defending Chris Paul like this. <laughs> but he's a Hall of Famer, and he's playing with other Hall of Fame players. I think they can get to 50 wins this year. 50, hmm. That's, so that's I'm going too over. rich for me. It's just too rich for me because while you're right that Chris Paul has made every team that he's joined better, he's never joined a situation like this where he's had just so little to add to the situation. Like I don't feel like they need Chris Paul in nearly the same way that every other team he's been on has needed him. Well, he's certainly not playing the same role, and that's going to be something to monitor. But if they can, if they can get the, if they can get him out there in lineups that make sense for him and make sense for the team, then I, I think it's going to go positively. I mean, uh, they have needed a guy to kind of take that burden off of Steph in some ways, I, I think. And, you know, a guy that could play with the bench units, you know, I don't know, you know, he's been open about, you know, not liking the bench and then kind of saying he'll do what he needs to do. But, I think at some point he could be coming off the bench for this team and he could be really effective in that role if he embraces it. And it's still, you know, I, I feel like the Warriors overall are just going to be, they're going to come back with, with some bite to them. I think, I think they got really embarrassed by the Lakers last year well, as the defending champs. I think they've been working hard this off season. I think you make some good points, but as a resident Lakers fan of the pod, Nick likes to say they lost to the Warriors last year because they were, old slow and athletic or unathletic and they got older slower and less athletic yeah i mean but you still have steph curry of course I mean, yeah. that's you but still no, have steph curry yeah right he is steph curry can't argue with that but i just like you said i mean i i think it'll fit well you know moving curry a little bit more off the ball i think is going to be good for him uh especially just like for his longevity but I just don't know that they're going to be able to put enough lineups out there with with uh, just the lack of size just throughout the roster. I mean, I don't know. I think Wiggins will have a, back, a bounce back season. Um, but I just Agreed. I worry about uh, the defensive drop off. Not that um, Poole is like a better defender than Chris Paul or anything like that. But I don't know. I, I just I look at the roster and I just don't see how they get to much more than above average on defense. And with that being said, I don't see how they get to to 48 wins never mind 50 they're going for it Dion. i'm telling you they are going to go for it no you're absolutely the chris right paul I think, effect I, I think you're right <laughs> that they're going to come out with uh, a little bit of a vengeance from last season but just don't think it'll resor- result in uh, any more wins than uh than last year all right all right let's move on to the lakers at 46 and a half 
this was another easy one for me. Um, I, I took the over. I got him at 49 wins. I feel like post-All-Star break, post-trade deadline, arguably the best team in the league, and I think they improved on top of that. So to me, them them approaching 50 wins is not uh, not that far-fetched to me, especially if, if AD and LeBron can play uh, more than their expected share of games. But uh, where do you land on this one? So I'm I'm betting on AD and LeBron not playing their expected share of mm-hmm. games. They just had a long playoff run, you know, still a decent recovery period, but they did play into the conference finals. LeBron, another year older, you know, again, I, I, this isn't being talked about, but these Lakers teams, they've, they have this pattern of when they have success, they turn over a huge number of roster spots. And they have to do that because of the of the money situation with paying LeBron and AD, right. but they did it again this this season. And I, I even though they kept Austin Reeves, which is which was a big big win for them, I don't know. It just seems like they're making the same mistake to me again. Well, um, I don't love like for example the Cam Reddish signing. We'll see what they get out of him, but right, like most of the additions that they made were very positive. I think Gabe Vincent's going to be very good for them. I think Rui. Like I didn't love the contract they gave out to Rui, but I think a full season of him will be a, a welcomed addition compared to the rotation last season. So I, I think that, yeah, you're right that they did have a lot of roster turnover again, but uh, unlike most uh, of these LeBron teams, I think they made like very clear improvements with the guys that they added. They weren't just like replacement filler type guys. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what we're thinking right now. But, True. Yeah, things things can change pretty rapidly on LeBron team. You either fit or you don't. So, yeah, that and I just I really don't trust LeBron and AD to stay healthy. In but what season. I like about this team, though, what I like about this Lakers team is that I feel like they can survive stretches without uh, one of LeBron or AD, unlike Lakers teams of the past. It depends on. I mean. I want to see how Austin Reeves is. I guess without. Yeah, those I was going to ask you how good do you think Austin Reeves is. He looked great, um, obviously, at FIBA. When he's back in the system, obviously, he, he did shine with them last year. I just think that because of his role, it's not going to be what we – it's not going to be the jump we think it's going to be. You know what I mean? In yeah, terms yeah. of the output. Well, it depends on how many games LeBron and AD really play. But he's he's a great basketball player. I think the role he's he's going to have is, is not going to be as big as one he could have on another team. So – all that to say it's really on LeBron and 80s health. Absolutely. Yeah. I do think that Austin Reeves will be like the clear established third best player on the team, the clear secondary playmaker next to LeBron or, you know, running the show when LeBron's on the bench. But yeah, I do think uh, people are perhaps like overhyping his uh, statistical production for next season. Right. So, so do you have, you have him over or under 46 and a half You're going under you said, right? Cause I said under. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm not betting on them. Uh, staying healthy i think they will be right around this this what's going to be a pack of teams in between 42 and 45 wins there's going to be i don't know five six seven teams maybe i think i expect them to be in that kind of range instead of where you're you're saying like maybe like closer to 50 wins Mm -hmm. so yeah i I think it's going to be far-fetched to see multiple teams cracking 50 wins or anyone really getting to like 55 maybe i could see if like everything like really clicks for the bucks or the celtics 
they could go for 55 or so. But yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of parity in the league this season. I think the Bucks could could get, do something like that, but with the rookie head coach, I'm not sure how that's going to work. True. Yeah, a lot of a lot of questions there for sure. But uh, sticking sticking in LA, Clippers, their last season in the uh, Staples Center. I'm still going to call it that. They're at 45 and a half. Where'd you land on the Clippers? Uh, under. This is the easiest under for me. <laughs> I I just I don't bet. I would never bet over on the Clippers. If I had to guess. You know, um, I'm thinking about this as a Thunder fan because the Thunder have the Clippers pick. Mm-hmm. I would almost guess that the Thunder will have will be better in the standings this year than mm. than the Clippers. Because of that, <laughs> I'm going under. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. It's really hard to to be confident about the Clippers going over on a regular season win total. Uh, I think they're a really good team. I think people are sleeping on them as postseason contenders, but yeah, I mean they're they're more likely to be in the play-in tournament than a home court advantage team. I think it's interesting to see what they're going to do this season with with rest because you know I think there's more of an emphasis to play games this season, both from the league and from their coach. From what I've seen, yeah, um, Ty Lue has talked about it's important for them to get to place an importance on the regular season this this season. Tyloo said, uh, I'm fucking tired of Kawhi and uh, everyone else not playing these games and me not knowing who's going to play every night. That's what right, he said. Right. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see if Paul George and Kawhi are playing more. What effect does that have on their health? It could go either way, I think. Because, you know, I've, I've heard some people say that, you know, playing more regularly can help help you stay healthier. I don't know if there's any truth to that. Yeah, the league is now uh, pushing more. A study that suggests, yeah, that load management doesn't actually help. So, yeah, there's definitely an emphasis from a, from the league to get guys on the court more. And uh, I don't think that it's going to impact Kawhi. He, 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 based on what he said, he doesn't really seem to care much for uh, these new policies. And he's also exempt from most of them anyway, given his uh, his injury history and his, his amount of time in the league anyway. So from his perspective, I don't think much is going to change. And so, yeah, I'm with you on that. I am going under on the Clippers. Um, by at least a couple games. I mean, I think they'll be above 500, but under 45 and a half for sure. And that would put them right in that play-in conversation, which yeah. uh, would be, I think, I think if if that's the outcome of this season, the the Paul George trade and Kawhi acquisition was a huge failure because this, I think, this is maybe their last chance with this team. What do you think about uh, the Harden situation? I I heard Nick say on the podcast uh, in the last episode that he doesn't know whether he should be laughing at them or just be afraid of them because he could because what he brings is something that they lack. But I just don't see a deal happening there. Honestly, I don't know why the Clippers like what would they you know give up for James Harden at this point and. It would have to be so little. Why would the 76ers want to do something like that? Yeah, the only scenario in which it makes sense to me is that, like, it's not going to happen before the season starts. It's too late for that. But if both the Sixers and Clippers come out slow, because I don't even know, like, what we're going to get from James Harden. That's a wild card of its own. But (laughs) assuming that he's out there on the court and at least making it look like he cares and he maintains his trade value, I could – but the Sixers and Clippers both come out slow, I could see – it being, say, Morris, Powell, and like a protected first or something like that. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think 
the, the Sixers eventually, I think, will have to do something. I know everyone's going to point to, well, Maury held on to Simmons, but I think this is is getting to be a, a much more dire situation. And so if it's not working, I, I could see them just trying to get something out of it, given that Harden's on and expiring. And if the Clippers come out slow, I, I could see them pulling the trigger on Harden, given that I, I think more than anything, if, if it's if it's not going to work, they're not going to contend for a title. I think more than anything, they need to stay relevant given that they're they're moving into the new arena next year. So uh, acquiring Harden, I think, uh, could be sort of like a last-ditch last ditch effort from them if, uh, if they come out slow this season. But then your whole starting lineup is like, and, and he, he said this last time too, but like the, all the most unreliable guys in NBA history. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, no, I think it'd be a disaster. I mean, maybe I'm rooting for the disaster. <laughs> I think it'd be very entertaining. Yeah, I mean, Harden and Russ back together with PG and Kawhi. I mean... I'm I'm somewhat rooting for it, to be honest, just as a as a general NBA fan, but I don't think it would work. Well, the Clippers organization seems pretty high on Westbrook from everything I've heard um, oh, yeah, from them sure. this offseason and um from Paul George and everything. You know, not that I talked to them on their <laughs> podcast and all that shit. I'm wondering if they're if they're kind of like, let's just see what we get from Westbrook before we like make a trade for a a different lead guard that could fuck up the dynamic yeah. with, with no, that. Definitely, definitely a seismic shift to bring Harden in for sure. Yeah, I definitely think that's a trade that would happen uh closer to the deadline. Yeah, that would make sense. But right. um I don't think it helps their win total. Honestly, I'm, I'm I would still go under even if I knew a James Harden trade trade was coming. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think it would impact the the regular season win total too much. Right. All right, next up is the Grizzlies, 45 and a half wins as well. This was a, was a really tough one for me, so I'm going to let you go first. I agree. I also thought it was tough. Um, it came down to one thing for me, though. I feel like not enough people, that they're focusing on the fact that, that John Morant obviously will be out for 25 games, right? Yes. Um, so he's going to be out for 25 games, but they're not focusing on the fact that they lost Dylan Brooks. Yeah, which this might be a hot take because of the everyone in the NBA hates Dylan Brooks, but I think it's going to be a bigger loss than than some people think it's going to be. Hmm. Okay, the Grizzlies are a 500 team without Dylan Brooks over the past 200 games. They're 100 and 100. They're 65. Well, no, no, in games that they didn't have Dylan Brooks over the last 200 games. I see. They're 65 and 64. So just above 500, but basically 500 team. Also, that's a lot of games. Don't remember him being out that much. But <clears throat> this stat is telling me Dylan Brooks did help a lot because they've had some really good regular season success, and uh, including last year where they were a top seed. Now, obviously, they are bringing in Marcus Smart. I just don't think it's going to be enough to replace what Dylan Brooks was on that team. This might be a hot take, and they're and without Jaw, um, I think they're going to be below five hundred before Jaw gets back, and then you got sixty games to kind of make that up. I don't know. I don't. I don't um, see them over forty. You know, forty-five and a half wins. Mm-hmm. So, fifty-one wins last year. First 25 this year without Jaw. I feel like Marcus Smart bringing him in really helps not only because 
Ja will be out the first 25 games, but I feel like he will fill a big part of that Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks hole um, with him leaving. I honestly, I think a lot of this comes down to something that's not being talked about with the Grizzlies and that's Steven Adams, because last season when he went out, they were a completely different team. And I know he's supposed to be healthy for the start of the season, but if he's not the same guy, I, I think they're definitely going to struggle to reach this 46 mark because um, as we saw over the summer, Jaron Jackson, not a center, not something he can do full time. Right. And they don't really have anyone besides Steven Adams to play the five. Brandon Clark is also out with injury and he's undersized to begin with. Uh, Xavier Tillman, he's over, he's, he's okay, but he's also undersized. So if Steven Adams isn't going to be uh, able to produce like he has for them in the past, then I would probably go under here, but I do have them at 46 wins. And I think they'll hover right around 500 in those 25 games without jaw. Forget exactly who they play, but uh, I think they'll be just fine. Give, uh, given that, you know, I think Marcus Smart will slide in pretty, pretty seamlessly. Um, I think him and Bain as a backcourt is really interesting. So I have some faith in them. I don't really buy them as a, as a contender. Um, I think they need some real, like some, either some growth from, from Jaron Jackson or like some, some real roster reconstruction to get there. But as far as a regular season team, I think they're going to be really solid. I think they'll be probably at the top of that heap of teams after the the first year in the Western conference. Gotcha. So you're over by one. Yeah, game, I'll, I'll take the over. I'll take the over by game. My boy, Marcus smart. I think he'll, he'll hold the fort down. Uh, next up, we got the Kings. This is uh, we have a run actually here of, of teams at 44 and a half. So actually between, the Kings, the Thunder, the Pelicans, and the Timberwolves, all at 44 and a half. Go any direction you want with those. Yeah. And there are even East teams, I think, projected at 44 and a half. This is the most popular win over under for this season. I had, so let's just talk about Sacramento first. All right. They were a tough one for me because I've seen some compelling arguments in both, both directions for them being. Um, worse than they were last season and better than they were last mm, season. I'm right there with you. I think the thing is uh, Sabonis has been, or it was last year, like a workhorse for them. If they can get that again, they're going to be over on yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's about him to me with this team. Uh, but I think uh, they're going to have some internal development from, several players i think uh but basically they have this the same exact team right yeah they basically are just bringing in the former euroleague mvp sasha vizankov right and i'm not sure i don't have the, the scouting on him to say how he affects anything but i'm, I'm sure you know he's going to be some sort of rotational piece for them i can tell you this much he's six foot eight and he's an absolute lights out shooter Decent right. handle with the ball um, will be a decent playmaker, I think, for them, but an absolute knockdown shooter. So if you could, you know, have that shooting versus, like, say, I think Harrison Davion Barnes. Mitchell was, like, kind of struggling in the playoffs last year. For sure. From what I remember. I could see him. I could see Vizankov taking a lot of Harrison Barnes minutes, especially as we get towards the end of the season. I think Keegan Murray is going to have uh, – I, th- I think he'll take a nice leap uh, this yep. next season. I, I think he's – um, will insert himself as like a, a, if not their third best player, at the very least a, a solidified starter. And um, yeah, I think people are sleeping on you know that they they're it's basically the same team while a lot of the teams in the West got better. But I think it's just because a lot of people 
basically no one has really seen Sasha Pazenkov play. So I do think they got better. And I'm not think I don't think that they're going to get back to 48 wins. Uh, even if Sabonis does have uh, an all NBA campaign, I think they're going to struggle to get back to that number because they're not going to take anyone by surprise this season. But I had them at 45 or 46. They're at 44 and a half. So I'm going to go over, but I do think that they'll fall a little bit short of last season's win total. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I was at too. I picked the over on, on them as well. Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. Let's go to OKC. This is a really interesting one. Um, obviously, with you being an OKC fan, I'm interested to see which which you have on this one. Um, but I think just in general, this is uh, I think there's a lot of variance with where people went with this one. Right. Yeah, and um, I think it's it's all about you know teams, or you know not teams, but people. Do they believe in Chet? Do they believe in these young guys getting better? And to me, I think the answer is you should. I think because they have a team so young, there is going to be growth in on the entire roster. I think the entire roster could come back better uh, than they were. And um, they are so deep. They're they're so much deeper than the old Oklahoma City teams that I was a fan of. And it's it's honestly crazy how many players on this team could be on an NBA roster. But I think the the internal growth is is the is the biggest factor, but also you're adding in the perfect piece in Chet Holmgren. He's you know exactly what they've needed, gives them, you know. Uh, a rim protector. They didn't have basically any rim protector last season. It gives them shooting, which I think he, once he and Shea figure out how to play together, um, it's going to, and him and Josh Giddy, him and Jalen Williams, it's going to be really special to see his play finishing ability and his um, shooting ability on display with those great guards. And then, you know, I, I just think that it's it's such a competent team at this point. Mm-hmm. I expect them to be a top 10 defense this year. I said top half of the league last year, and they were. So I got points to me. I'm going top 10 this year um, with the addition of Chet Holmgren. I didn't even mention um, another addition that's going to make a big difference to me is Vasily Micic. And I really think that he's going to fit right in with the rest of the crew um, his facilitation is something you know that the team is kind of known for at this point. He's a good decision maker. I think um, he's a good shooter. He hasn't shown that in the preseason so far. Um, another addition, he's a rookie, but I've liked what I've seen so far, in, at least in the preseason, um, with Case and Wallace. Um, I liked what I saw at summer league game. We we were there as well. He looks like he is at least playable on defense already. Uh, which is a great sign and something that um, really could help out and give Lou Dort a little bit of a break some nights. I think that could be a good thing. They already had um, pretty good defense last year, but you add in him and Chet to that defense, I think uh, we're going to see some sort of a leap there. Mm. And, I, I'm uh, right there. Oh, sorry. Go no, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, I'm right there with you on because. Uh, is it Kassan or Kason? What 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 do we land on there? Uh, it it is officially Kason. Kason. All right. I like what I've seen from Kason Wallace so far. Um. Yeah. Like you said, I think he's he's already looking on defense. I think he's going to be uh, a piece of the rotation right away. And 
think he makes Trey Mann's life just that much harder once again. I think once again, Trey Mann is in a situation where he might be the odd guard out in the uh, the OKC rotation. Yeah, I don't see much playing time for him. Someone who I do think is going to get more burn this season is Usman Jang. And mm. um, his development is is something to really keep your eye on. I think if he takes a leap this season, they, they're basically adding a seven-foot wing um, with Chet Holmgren and all these other big players. I mean, um, his... He's just another another cog in this machine. You could see exactly how he would fit in. You could see the fast totally. breaks with him and Chet and um and Shay um just passing over everyone's heads. I mean yeah. it's um it's been a, a thing of, of beauty to watch him play uh in the summer league and uh so far in preseason. He looks really confident and um I think he's gonna get some serious run on this team now. Could he hurt the team as far as a win-loss thing? Maybe, because, you know, those are going to be developmental minutes. I'm just excited. There's so many guys in this team. I'm excited to, like, see how they do, see how they fit in. I mean, it seems like they didn't add much, but they really did. They're adding a lot of a lot of players. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, – I think this is a big uh, figure-it-out sort of year for OKC, I think. Um, the results of this season are going to very much guide the future of the franchise in a big way, uh, especially compared to the past few seasons. Like results are going to matter more, um, more than the past three years for sure. And uh, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of guys on this team, and yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Like, is is Davis Bertans going to play? Is Depot going to get any run if he's healthy? You know, like the, those are guys you forget about because of you know the plethora of young guys that they have on this team. So. I'm assuming with with everything that you've said so far that you're taking the over over 44 and a half wins. I gotta take over. I mean, I I would I'd be a terrible fan if I took under Fair. on this team yeah. this season. With you know, I mean, Jay, I didn't even talk about Jalen Williams, J Dub. They haven't talked about either of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, Jay Will has looked good too. But but J Dub, he played one summer league game, and it was so clear that he was that's all he, he needed, was like yeah. way better than everyone else. That's all he needed. Yeah, it was like, I mean, he's clearly been hitting the weight room this this offseason. Mm-hmm. He looks fucking jacked. Yeah, he looks um, like he could be a full-time power forward this season. Yeah. If, if that's what they need from him. Well, it looks like that's what they're doing because they're playing Chet at the five. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I honestly, um, it's very encouraging to see that they're ready to put Chet at the five like that. Yeah. yeah it's Not that they have great options, but... Mm-hmm. Which so, is yeah, I'm I'm over. What what were you thinking? Well, I um I came just short of a 44 and a half. I'm at 43 wins. I think that you really couldn't come up with a much better player to add to this OKC team based on what they needed from last season um, than Chet Holmgren. But I still feel like even with his addition, they still lack a lot of shooting. They lack a lot of center play, rim protection in particular. So I don't I think they're gonna improve from last season, but I don't I don't have them hitting this win total because I still think they're this is gonna be a year, like you said, like a guy like Ushim Chang, I think will get a lot of run, which will be developmental minutes in a big way. Um, not necessarily uh helping them win. So I don't feel like they're they're pushing all their chips in trying to win as many games as possible this season. I think there's still gonna be a lot of experimentation, a lot of how does Chet fit, uh, what does Michich provide for us, you know, that sort of thing. So I think there's gonna be a lot of experimentation. I don't think that um, this is a season where they like maximize their their regular season capabilities. 
<clears throat> well, there was a lot of experimentation last season, and I think it was actually an asset for them because I think a lot of teams didn't know how to guard certain combinations that they were rolling out. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know. Mark Dagnall has so many lineups that he rolls out. It's it's honestly insane. And it's 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 a unique factor, but it's a great thing for a young team. I think it gives people a chance. It's kind of like a college team in a way where like, you know, any guy can be the hero of mm. this game. You I mean, you've seen that with like all kinds of random guys uh last year. I think that's going to continue again. I think it's going to be a positive for them this season, though, because they have so many good players. Yeah, no, I do agree with you. It's just given how stacked the Western Conference is, I think think it's really hard to separate those teams from like four to all the way down to ten. I just I think it's next season is is the year where I'm going all in on OKC. But uh, for this year, I haven't fallen just short. But I mean, if they won 45 games, I wouldn't be surprised for a second. Right. I wouldn't be. And to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if they won, you know, the same amount of games where they went 500. Right. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be a team that has a really good net rating, a really good point differential at the end mm-hmm. of the year. I think that might reflect uh, who they are more so than the record. But yeah, ultimately, I did go under here. And I love how we, we just talked about OKC for a good 10 minutes or so and didn't even mention SGA. Oh, well, hey, uh, we everybody knows. It's no secret yeah. anymore. I mean, yeah, it's a given. Yeah, he's he's established <laughs> himself at this point. But I think I think P's gonna actually prove that he's maybe even better than what we think. Like watching him watching that. him go up head to head with with Luca this summer was uh it's a bit eye opening for me at least. He was unstoppable at FIBA. Um yeah. I mean he's honestly looked completely unstoppable in the past, I don't know, six or seven months. Yeah, no, um, he's been on a tear, and I don't think it's stopping anytime soon. I think he's just continuing to elevate his game. Yep. So, yeah, that is the, the obligatory SGA mentioned before we move on. But uh, <laughs> next up, do you want to go Pels or T-Wolves? Let's go Pelicans. All right. Also at 44 and a half, where you got him? Yeah, so this is the team out of all the um, 44 and a half teams that I trust the least to make the over. Mm. Now... 44 and a half for this team. I bet their over under was much higher last season. Oh yeah, most likely. But I still don't trust Zion's health, even though um, we've heard some good things coming out of training camp and, and whatnot. Um, Zion could play 22 straight games to open the season. I still wouldn't trust his health. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. What, what the word out of new Orleans? I, no, come on. Right. David, yeah. David Griffin. Come on. <clears throat> yeah, it's not much to go on. On top of this, you know, I I really like this guy. I really think he adds a lot to their team. Trey Murphy is going to be out for an extended oh, period of time. Yeah, the meniscus injury, he'll be out for a while. Yeah, and then, you know, Brandon Ingram obviously looks like a complete fraud at FIBA. <laughs> I'm not thinking that's going to continue, but um, he certainly has some work, you know, to do to – Increase yeah. his image in my mind. I'm not too worried about it. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with he was just in a role that he's never really never really played in before and isn't really all that suited for um, in an off-ball situation. I don't think it, it means much in terms of the season he's going to have this year, but I do think it is a reflection on you know his, his portability and like his ability to play within uh, different settings, which 
could be a factor. You know, it's just it's just something to like put in the back of your mind for like his career path down the line. But it doesn't really concern me for like this upcoming season. Uh, you know, and also kind of the the build of the roster right now. You have CJ McCollum and uh, Jonas Jonas Valanciunas, who are both uh, you know early thirties. Mm-hmm. I'm could possibly see one of those two getting traded this season if especially if things are not paying out yeah i definitely don't feel like uh, jv's a long-term fit there right um and cj has played well for them he played 75 games last year um yeah he's, he's it's been a better addition than i thought i didn't like the trade at first but he's been very solid for them right if he can continue that this year um i think they could be very close to the the 44 and a half but i actually i just like all the other teams reaching 44 and a half mm-hmm. better so yeah this is the only spoiler alert for for minnesota but this is the only one I'm, I'm actually under on for these teams gotcha yeah i mean i think right alongside with the clippers the pelicans are probably the hardest team to trust uh especially as far as regular season performance goes but this is a really good team like i, I think a lot of people forget that prior to zion going down last season they were tied with denver for the one seed so this is a team that, if they're at full strength, could absolutely make some noise in the Western Conference. But the the odds of that happening are extremely. They extremely seem slim. impossible today. Yeah. So I'd also have them going under. Um, but th- there's definitely a world in which they they win 50 plus games because honestly, fully healthy, like they have one of the best rosters on paper, in my opinion. Right. If you get Zion to play 60 plus games, I mean, anything is possible for this team. Um, he's so good and he's really that dominant, but, um, yeah, don't trust it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you're, uh, you're going over with the T wolves. I, this was, um, alongside the Grizzlies. I think the toughest one for me, I have him at 45, so I guess I will go over. I got him over by just, just the half game. I think I'm just banking on uh cat being fully healthy and that mix of him and Gobert just being a little bit better than it was last season. Uh Gobert obviously not the easiest player to to mesh your game with uh on short notice. So uh I, I think that tandem will be a little bit better. Uh, I worry about how much money they have tied up between the two of them as well as Nas Reed, given that they really all are centers. But I'm a huge Anthony Edwards fan. I'm completely I'm all in on Anthony Edwards, so I'm I'm gonna go over here, but this was uh this was when I went I went back and forth on for a while. Right, yeah, I'm uh <clears throat> I'm kind of buying the uh, ESPN list. Um, I think Anthony Edwards is at least on on this pick. I think Anthony Edwards is gonna be a really really good player, All NBA player this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Exactly what you said about uh, Gobert and Cat. I think they will find a little bit better synergy this year. I believe in their coach a lot, Chris Finch. Yeah, I like I, Chris Finch. I like him. Uh, I think he's going to figure figure those two guys out this season. And I they have a new GM this season or a new you know president of basketball operations, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, coming over from Denver, right? I think he's going to make some moves to to try to make this roster better in, in any way he can. I think, yeah, I, I, I kind of like their odds of, you know, of reaching the over here. I felt good about them last year, and um, obviously they were in the plane again. I think this year we will see some improvement. Uh, otherwise, 
it could be a bad situation. Oh <laughs> as yeah, you said could... money wise. Yeah, there's there's um there's a world in which Rudy Gobert uh, clicks and everything uh everything works out and he sort of carries over his uh his Utah Jazz regular season success over to Minnesota. There's also a world in which uh perhaps say Anthony Edwards misses some time or it just doesn't work again and they're like hovering around 500 and it starts to get real bleak. And I would not be surprised if Cat got traded this season by any means. I would also not be surprised if the Timberwolves got say the 3 seed or the 4 seed. So I would be kind of surprised if Cat got traded. I don't think so. Like if they're, I don't know what the, what their record would be come trade deadline. But if they're twenty nine and, and thirty two, you don't think that they would consider it? They'd consider it. I I would just be surprised if it happened. I'd say that. I That's mean, fair. I wouldn't be surprised if they consider it. Yeah, I just I I'm expecting uh, his name to be in quite a few rumors this season. Unless it, they, it they come on hot. It makes sense, but I think they're going to try to make the playoffs at least one more time. So you think that they would wait until the offseason most likely? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just feel like he's kind of like the next guy up. I think uh, Embiid, depending on how the Sixers season goes, I think he will be the hot name come this summer. But over the course of the regular season, I think he Cat is going to be the, the max contract type guy who uh, people are going to be talking about on the move. There's always somebody. That's just how the NBA works at this point. It always has to be at least one guy that we're talking about uh, potentially moving to to a new team. And I think Cat's going to be the guy. If if uh, Minnesota doesn't come out uh, and play well to start the season. I don't know. I just don't see an in-season trade happening there. Because um, he's still on contract for a couple more years right oh yeah no yeah he's um he's pretty fresh off of uh an extension i think i think he has four seasons left including right this one. so yeah i i just personally don't see that however i could see him you know be getting into the discourse or, or you know whatever because you're right there is going to be another name that doesn't mean that that name is always the right name but Fair. yeah no, that's true i'm just expecting uh, name. i think the name is going to be LeBron James. Yeah. I think a LeBron trade makes sense. To where? Whoa, hold <laughs> on. Whoa, this is coming out of nowhere. <laughs> LeBron James trade in the middle of the pod. We're talking about the Timberwolves. To where? He's going to be mid, bro. He's going to be mid or the Lakers? LeBron James is going to be mid. He's going to be injured. And he's going to be a free agent next year. Oh, so this is going to be this is going to be a play for the Lakers to sell high on LeBron. Yes, not LeBron asking out. Correct. Wow. Oh my. This is <laughs> so Lakers. Anyways, anyways, let's, Lakers cut bait a, with that's LeBron. That's just a conspiracy theory. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm pretty iffy on it, but I will take the Timberwolves over just because of the faith I have in Anthony Edwards to break out into a superstar this year. Exactly. I'm 100 with you that too. he's going to be he's going to be All NBA. I think. He could have, just in terms of like the way people think about it, the way people talk about it, look back at it. I think he could have a similar season to SGA this year, where he's an All NBA first team candidate, uh, a fringe MVP sort of guy. But I don't know. I I feel like the Timberwolves are. are it's a pretty volatile situation. I, I don't know. I went with forty five right at their line, but I really feel like it's either pretty close to fifty or they're struggling to reach five hundred and they're back in the plan. I don't know if there's a lot of middle ground with this team for some reason. Well, I mean, with this many teams that 
44 and a half. I mean, this could be. A, yeah, a someone, someone's spot. bound to someone's bound to be way off that number, right? Well, even what this is like, what, two, three. So, the, yeah, this is like the 10th team we've talked about, right? Or ninth team we talked about. This so one of these teams will be a playing team, even if they reach this, these numbers. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I haven't. I don't know uh, if if when they do these over unders, they actually do the math on if all on these like records play out endings. to like make sense. Yeah. Um, I know mine did. I did the math on mine when I did my record, so I know that does at least. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, we might see a, a forty-five win team in the playing tournament. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be crazy. But yeah, moving to eleven, they have uh, the Mavericks at forty-three and a half. I honestly, I, I, I'm. I was pretty iffy about it. I felt like it was really hard to to cut the West down to ten. I'm by the day. I'm feeling better and better about having the Mavs in the eleven spot. Yeah, I yeah. went under on this. I went under as well. My thing. Look, Kyrie and Luca, two fantastic players, two of the best, whatever offensive players in the NBA right now. But after that, like I'm, I would make the case Grant Williams is their third best player, a guy who. Couldn't couldn't stick around in, in the Celtics playoff rotation last year. So you look at the rest of the West, I just don't see how this is a team that is on the same level as those teams. I'm totally with you. I think it's all about the roster. And and uh, I've said this from, <clears throat> from the beginning. I thought the Kyrie trade was a mistake. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't like the fit. And um, the pieces that they gave up, well, they're not, you know, the star caliber caliber player that Kyrie is they were they were important pieces to that team and pieces they still haven't replaced yeah um I don't like the roster I wouldn't be surprised at a a very similar season to last season um I just don't like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I that's that's fair I mean I think that given the situation they were in I think they had a a pretty strong offseason I like bringing in Rashawn Holmes for some center depth. Uh, I think Derek Lively was was a pretty smart pick. Uh, bringing in Grant Williams, I think, w- was was really nice. The contract that they got him on was really good value. But, yeah, this team was not good once they got Kyrie last year. And I just don't see much reason to believe that they're going to be much better than they were. Um, because I don't really feel like there's not much of a case to be made, in my opinion, that Kyrie and Luka are going to mesh more than they did last year. I don't really feel like the the fit was like I feel like they 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 fit pretty well, pretty seamlessly right away. So I don't really feel like there's a lot of room for growth in that department. And yeah, like we said, they're like I don't I don't think Derek Lively is going to make much of an immediate impact. I think it's a good pick given what they need long term, but it's pretty rare that uh that rookie bigs make a positive impact. And same goes for for Omax. I forget what if his full name is Oliver Maxens Prosper, I think, but. Like a good pick, but again, I don't think he makes a big impact. So just hard to see how this team is any better than they were at the end of last season. Yep. That's that's exactly how I feel too. I think I think that's really uh really all there is to it. Just just a poor roster at the end of the day. Right. And you know, maybe some moves could be made, but uh yeah, I, I don't like... think all hope is lost, but for for the way it looks right now, I mean shout out to Dante Exum, but the supporting cast is just not where it needs to be. Right. And I I feel like uh, Kyrie Irving and Mark Cuban 
um, two big personalities. At some point, they're bound to clash. I don't know if it's going to be this season. Yeah, that's, there's going to yeah. be a big blow up between those two at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Kyrie is on a three year deal, but he hasn't had his uh, I don't know what to call it his moment yet with the Mavericks. You know, it's been relatively peaceful to this point. So that's bound. Yeah, that that's only a matter of time for sure. So if that happens this season. Yeah, I don't think there's any any hope that they reach uh, 500. Never mind 44 wins. So I got them at 40. Uh, would not be surprised to see them back at 38 or perhaps worse again. I don't know. I don't think it's all lost. Obviously, you have Luca, so there there is a path, but a lot of work to be done. I think. Yeah, and you know, they do have Luca Doncic. They do have Kyrie Irving. They do have you know Grant Williams is a decent piece. I mean, it sucks that he's the third guy we're mentioning, but you know they could have a good regular season team it's possible like you're saying but i just you know personally i'm i i don't have any stock in in the mavericks organization today no yeah it really is an organizational thing too like i i've kind of lost faith in them as a, a team you can rely on but uh yeah i guess there is a world in which in which they they get over 500 just because luca is that great Kyrie is that skilled but it's just hard to see. It's hard to see a path. A lot has to go right for them, um, including health, which hasn't always been the easiest thing for for a lot of guys on the roster. So, yeah, I don't know. The West is really good, and I don't think the Mavericks are necessarily a bad team at the end of the day. But when you stack them up against all these teams that we've talked about so far, I just just don't think they're at quite the same level. Right. Next up, we got four left now. Uh, now, this is, I think there's a pretty clear drop off. Uh, even though I said the Mavs, I think, are not quite in the same level as these other teams, I think there's another drop off to this uh, sort of next tier with these last four. Uh, the Jazz are interesting to me because, you know, obviously they, they surprised a lot of people last season, 37 wins. Uh, and I could see them having a similar season of, of being in that like lurking for the plan tournament territory. But I get the sense that they're going to be a little bit more determined to tank, a little bit more determined to play the young guys this year. And I do think they got better by adding John Collins. But I have them going under. I got them at 34 wins. Um, a lot of talented guys on this team, but just I, I just think there's going to be more of a, a, a focus and an effort on the youth movement and uh, just experimenting as opposed to, you know, I, I think once they came out strong last season and they realized how good they actually were, that they – we're trying to make the playoffs for for a large stretch of last season uh, up until the last you know couple of weeks month or so, so I think uh, they're going to fall short, but I think they're they're quietly a, a frisky team. I'll say that. <clears throat> so I I don't really see them as a as a tanking team. I don't see them like that at all. I don't really know that they have the roster to tank, honestly. And sorry if you can hear my dog; he doesn't like it either. But. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I'm going over on the Jazz. Um, okay. I think they're going to be really solid again. I think they made some kind of sneaky additions to this team. I know they they have a couple rookies, a couple free agents. I mean, um, I think that it could be a, a similar level of play. Um, and yeah, I think the idea with John Collins is to recoup his value. So I'm guessing he's going to play. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think there's a world in which he starts next to Laurie. They put him back at the three, go Kessler at the five. I think that could be a starting line for them for sure. Right. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been the flashiest off season, but 
um, you know, Josh Christopher, Keontae George. I mean, um, you know, Taylor Hendricks. I'm interested to see him. You know, that's, that doesn't necessarily add up to wins, these guys, but they're interesting. And they kind of, you know, trimmed the fat on some of the guys that they had hanging around the roster in, in favor of these guys. So I like Laurie a lot. I'm expecting another nice season from him. Uh, because of the games missed last season, I'm wondering if he's going to play the whole season this year or if it's going to be like a tank at the end kind of situation again, because um, that would kind of ruin my idea of this team. I really don't think they're going to tank, though. I don't I don't see that with this team. I think they're going to be uh, fighting for that plan spot. I think this could be a team that uh, like I'd like to see this team make a run in the in-season tournament. You know what I mean? Because yeah, this could be a team like that for sure. Because that this is a situation where, yeah, I, I think they go full balls to the wall. They could sneak into the playing tournament. This is obviously not a team that's doing anything in, in in the postseason. So if they're able to to make a deep run, say maybe get to like the the quarterfinals of the of the in season tournament, I think that maybe softens the blow of them maybe selling at the trade deadline or leaning into the tank a little bit sooner or maybe a little bit harder than they did last season. Um, because ultimately this team, like you said, they might not be good enough to tank, but they do lack that sort of franchise centerpiece to, to make this team, you know, actual, actual contenders. So I would think that they're looking to, and I know they have a lot of draft picks from other teams at this point, but I would think that they're looking to get their, their ring in the hat for the number one pick this year. Uh, more so than, uh, than competing for the 10 seed after missing out on, on Wimby last year. Hmm. But you would have thought that they would have like tried to tank harder last season. Then I think, if, yeah, if yeah I think they the wanted thing. to, I think that was sort of the, the front office organizational uh, sense, but they were just way better than, uh, than anyone was really expecting. To start well, the I know that they traded some of those guys, but I still think they could be like about that level of play again. That's fair. I mean, yeah, they won 37 last year. I got them at 34 this year. I just think they will lean into the tank a little bit earlier is all. So I, I do think it'll be relatively the same team. I see. Okay. Okay. But, so, I mean, yeah, that, that basically means it's a good line then. Yeah. Pretty good so now line. we enter into what is definitely the bottom tier of the Western Conference, uh, starting with the Rockets at 31 and a half. I think this is a really good line. I couldn't decide if I had same. the Rockets at 31 or 32 wins. I ended yep. up at 32. I'm going to go over just because I think Ime Udoka will squeeze every last drop of winning basketball out of this roster that he can. And that'll probably only get you to 32 and 50, given what they've got going on. But um, that is a 10-win improvement over last season. So I, I definitely think the Rockets will be better, but still bad. Yeah. They'll be watching. They'll, they'll go from like the worst team in the league, just the ugliest NBA uh, a team last season, to being fun and, and watchable and looking like they have a little bit of direction, but still bad. You literally just hit every point on my notes. I said <laughs> this, this for me was the toughest one because you know, like, like you said, it's a 10, 10 win jump, which is, you know, we're talking about the rockets here, how much you really trust, like the guys that they're bringing in yeah, and like the fit of everybody and all this stuff. But at the same time, they did bring in all these guys, and they have zero incentive to lose. They're absolutely going to try to win every That's single true. game. It's like the, the tank is over. They want wins. It's going to be close. I think they're going to be in the 30s for sure. Um, I also had over 
Um, I think that that they're going to be bolstered by, you know, some veteran presence with some of the guys they brought in and just overall, you know, improvements from the young guys. Um, yeah. It's going to add up. It's going to turn into wins. I think they're still going to be a lottery team and, you know, bottom three or four in the West. I think their ceiling is not play in to me. It doesn't say play in, but that's okay. Right. You know, it, it happens in steps. So this could be a good first step for this team. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so now we move to the final two Spurs at 28 and a half. I thought this was another really good line. I had them at 28 wins. So I guess I'm going to go under here, but like we, we you know, we, we touched on maybe a little bit in the beginning, like he's just so damn good, dude. And I've been really high on him from the moment I laid eyes on him, but he might be even better than, than what I've, I've been projecting for him. And I don't know, man, really like I'm not, I'm not putting any sort of ceiling on, on, on Wembenyama on the Spurs, but I do have them going under. I, I, I do think that, you know, he's going to struggle with the 82 game schedule. Um, like you mentioned, guarding out on the perimeter and just, you know, dealing with NBA speed, NBA size, athleticism, all of that. So realistically speaking, I, you know, the Spurs are back in the mix for a top five, top three pick. But I, I do want to at least, you know, put it out there that I'm I'm not ruling out the possibility that Wembenyama just absolutely takes the league by storm. I think they're going to be careful with Wembenyama this year. I think it's possible we might not see him a lot this year. Even you think if they healthy. load manage him out the jump? I think so. Because I think the okay, you're San Antonio. You got the player, right? This is the guy, and everybody knows it. What do you need to do now? Just get more guys with him. I think this is another chance to get a guy with him. It this season to me, it doesn't seem like they're gonna be in the playoff mix. I I just don't yeah. See I, I don't think that uh, mix. I don't think they're gonna be treating the season like like Doug McDermott is not getting burned so that they can squeeze out every single regular season win. Like he's not playing over the young guys. But I I'm not ruling out the possibility that Wembenyama is just so good that he just drags this team to to 40 wins or something like that. I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm going under here at, at 28 wins, a six mm-hmm. win jump from last season. But I don't know, man. He's really fucking good. Yeah, well, I did also say that if they let him play, yeah, a lot yeah, of we'll games, see. Yeah, he definitely could could be limited in his minutes uh, they, to start they, off, which would be could, smart. It it is the smart call. They could be a thirty five plus win team if he plays seventy games this year. For that's sure. what I'll say. Yeah, that's fair. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up with the Blazers here. They they are the lowest projected win total according to uh, to Fanduel. No promo again. Uh, they're at 27 and a half. Where do you have them? I thought this was like maybe one of the worst lines. I think this is going to be over for sure. Yeah. I felt pretty comfortable saying over. I don't have them by too many games. I got them at 29 or 30 wins, but I feel very comfortable saying that they will, they will reach that mark. They feel like, um, they feel like the jazz of last season to me. Yeah. Where everyone just kind of assumes that they're going to be bad because they traded away the franchise guy, but they still actually do have a lot of talent. They got back talent in the trade. Right. And I think they could be guys that sell at the deadline. So that's going to, you know, cap their ceiling. Right. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm expecting that starting five to be pretty competitive. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of talent and I, I really, really like the fact that um, Scoot Henderson's coming into the league and he's being given 48 minutes of competent center play between Aiden and Robert Williams. I think it's going to be huge for his development. I know neither of those guys are, are spacing the floor for him, but uh, I, I really like that uh, 
they're giving Scoot a lot of talent to, to work with right away. And uh, I, I think, like you said, there'll probably be sellers at the deadline. So they'll still be uh, very much in the mix for, for a top pick this year. But I think they're going to surprise some people uh, to start the season with how much talent they have. Because like Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, like those are rock solid veterans. Like far from all stars, don't get me wrong, but those are guys that if they're playing 30 plus minutes a night, they're gonna just you're gonna end up winning games. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a really solid team. And and then you have uh one of Scoot Henderson, yeah, I'm assuming not Scoot Henderson, but uh then Simons. Simons and um and the Shaden Sharp. One of them are gonna be the sixth man on this team or you know, coming off the bench, I would assume. So that's that's a, a nice piece for the bench, even. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine it's sharp, just given like you know the politics, the contract situation of it all. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good guy to have off the bench uh, if if you're Portland. So yeah, I think they they uh, they don't go much over twenty seven and a half, but I would feel pretty good about uh, picking them as an over. Yep, same here. So uh, with that, that that wraps her up. Uh, Went through all 15 Western Conference teams. Um, as you can see, it's going to be a very, very competitive conference. Very much looking forward to uh, to that play-in race and, the, you know, that top six race and all of that. Uh, Josiah, thank you so much for coming on. Any, uh, any shouts or anything before we get out of here? You know what? I don't have anything to plug today. I'm just happy to come on the show. Happy to talk about NBA basketball coming back in about a week. Man, I am ready for the season to start. And yeah, man. I can't I, wait, I, man. I um I was really getting into football this year for the first time in a few years. Um, and then the Cowboys got absolutely embarrassed last week. As we're recording right now, they're playing the Chargers, or the game might have just ended. I don't know the score, but if they lost, then I'm just really, just really looking they forward to basketball. They are currently season. leading 17-10. Okay, good. Well, even if they win, I'm ready for basketball to start, man. It's so close, I can almost taste it. Um, thank you guys for listening. That'll do it for this one. Um, we'll be back soon with another episode doing the Eastern Conference. We'll be back soon with the Eastern Conference over under win totals. Uh, and for the first time in a while, I'm going to have a brand new guest on, a first-time guest. So that's something to look forward to. Thanks oh, again for God. listening. Josiah, thank you once again for coming on. And yes, I hope everyone has a great day. <laughs>